Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen. I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. Whether you're an emerging or an established writer looking for practical tips to help you develop and sustain forward momentum, or you enjoy candid conversations with business professionals who share what it's really like to be a professional writer, you'll get that here on the Professional Writer Podcast. You'll find the show notes and a link to join our private Facebook community at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast. I was scrolling through my Facebook feed recently and looking at posts uh, that were posted by members of a podcasting group that I'm in, and a particular post caught my eye. Now, see if you can picture this, friend. It featured these super scrumptious looking pictures of chocolate donuts. There was a chocolate parfait, chocolate chip cookies. Are are you seeing the... (laughs) the theme here, chocolate, chocolate, (laughs) chocolate is my weakness. And so of course I clicked on the picture to learn more. And that's how I was introduced to today's guest, Gregory Halpin. Gregory is a passionate home baker. He is a dessert blogger, a dessert photographer, and a life coach. And I've been planning a series when I was scrolling through my Facebook feed, I had been in the process of planning a series that features people who do interesting things with their writing other than writing books. Now, writing books is good, but I also like to feature people who are doing really fun, creative, unique, interesting things with their writing. And Gregory seemed like a perfect fit. Gregory, welcome to the show. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me here. And Yeah, I was on a chocolate kick that week, so (laughs) there was a lot of chocolate at the beginning of that. And I can't resist chocolate, so your pitch that you put out there was perfect. You didn't even have to include any words in it. All I needed was the picture. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit about Gregor. He is a recipe creator, home baker, photographer, and writer behind the website called Craving the Yum, which you can find at cravingtheyum.com. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com. He resides in New York City's Washington Heights. Gregory's love for baking was instilled into him by his mom. So Gregory, have you been baking since you were a young child or watching your mom bake? Not necessarily baking, but I was always the first in line to lick the be- uh, the beaters or the spoon. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. You, you yeah. understand. Chocolate chip cookies. I ate the dough and I've learned that you're not supposed to do that because it has raw flour and raw eggs in it. So we're not going to, yeah, we won't tell anybody that we used to do that. No, maybe I was that, like, well, I just did that the other day. And I'm like, maybe oh, that I, we still do that. <laughs> shouldn't do this. <laughs> and I have to tell you, Gregory, after looking at those pictures of all those chocolate chip cookies and then going to your website where there was more yummy recipes i immediately made (laughs) chocolate chip cookies the next day which i haven't done in a really long time but oh my goodness when you talk about craving the yum that's me i was craving the yum (laughs) that day Gregory also loves to sing. He holds an associate's and bachelor's degrees in psychology so you're a well-rounded person i try to be anyway Let's talk a little bit about this cooking journey, dessert journey, how you got started with this and what led you to where you are now as a professional dessert blogger and dessert photographer. And I think I've always been blogging since like 2007 when I became a life coach. 
But it wasn't until when the pandemic just began is when like all of us had time to contemplate life and to think about like, so what am I doing? To back up a little bit, I was on my way to become a psychotherapist. I was like picking out my master's program and all of that, but I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So food blogging interested me, interested me because I saw all these people doing it and thought it was really cool. So started with craving the yum, doing random desserts and some savory foods. My first photograph was with my iPhone, two rice cakes with guacamole on it. <laughs> with some pep- pepper flakes sprinkled around. And I thought that was wicked cool. Then I was like, wow, this photo is great. And compared to today, I'm like, okay, that wasn't so good. <laughs> <laughs> you started simple. <laughs> yes, yes. You do photography as well to go along with your blog posts. So are you still using your iPhone for the photography or have you graduated to a fancy schmancy camera? I have graduated to fancy <laughs> schmancy and it's getting fancier as I go along, as I so learn. Tell us a little bit about some of the equipment that you've invested in for the photography part of blogging. Well, I use a Panasonic G85 DSLR camera. I use fancy lighting equipment that you see, you know, on TV or whatever, these big, huge lights <laughs> facing the table. And I really, I have a lot of props that I use because I'm really into the food styling part of it because I like Mm -hmm. to tell a story. My listeners are storytellers. We are writers. And you are telling a story through both words and through pictures. Tell us a little bit more about the storytelling aspect of how you use your props and how you set up your photo shoots to visually share that part of the story with your readers. So what I do is I sketch it out at the beginning, or I may have a concept in my mind, and then I sketch it out or write it out. What I want people to see is not just what's going on in the photograph, like the dessert, but like, so what's happening outside of the dessert? Like, who's around the table? Like, what Mm. else is happening? Is it like a party? Is it just simply sitting down for a cup of coffee. I try to inspire the reader and the looker to envision what's happening outside of the frame. Do you start normally with the picture and then add the words, or do you start with the words or the recipe and then add the picture, or is it a little bit of both? It could be a little bit of both. I think lately I've been doing the photograph first to kind of inspire me, and then then I pull from a lot of my my history, a lot of my background in childhood. So I think photo first, because I see it there on the blog, and then that inspires me to pull out the words. You mentioned to me before we started recording that you had a cancer diagnosis and that that played a major role in you becoming a dessert blogger and a dessert photographer. Could you share a little bit about that journey with us? Back in 2016, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was living in upstate New York. And so immediately the doctor wanted me to go into chemotherapy. So I did that. I did that for eight months. He said like, oh, you're not going to really experience too many (laughs) side effects because it's not that strong. But I happen to experience every one of them. And it's taken me a, a few years to kind of heal from some of that. That mixed with the pandemic just like made me question my future and what I want to do. 
because like a few months ago, the cancer has come back, but it's come back in a different, a different kind uh, with a much better prognosis. So I think without all of that experience, I don't think I'd be dessert blogging. I'd probably be a psychotherapist. Ah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier you were planning on going into psychotherapy. So you you ended up not pursuing that as a career. Is that correct? Yeah, because it's it was something later in life. I'm 52, and it was something I thought like, wow, I don't have a career. I was doing theater for a long time, and and I love psychology. I love social psychology, and I thought that would just be the perfect segue um, as a middle aged person. Then I realized during the pandemic that that's not a good reason to mm. do it. Not because I'm getting older and I'm scared. So what attracted you to? Shifting away from psychotherapy, I think I kind of understand that part of it. But what specifically attracted you to dessert blogging at that point in your life and with the pandemic going on? A little bit before the pandemic started, I just started to hone in on my baking and cooking skills. And I'm like, wow, I'm pretty good. And I've always been a cook and I've always baked. I don't know. I can't pinpoint the exact moment, but I know it was a, an aha moment when I said, oh my goodness, I want to try that because I bake and cook really well and mm. I'm very I'm very creative and I'm a decent writer. So I just went for it. Okay. And I had no idea it was going to lead to this. Okay. And you say lead to this. What is this? I'm on my way to having this work become like my source of income. Mm. Yeah. And I had no idea that was going to happen because I went from craving the yum to eating after chemo because I thought I wanted to focus on healthy food and that just didn't feel right. Baking just gives me more joy. It's been a process. It sounds as if, Gregory, that it started out kind of as a hobby or even a, a way of helping you to heal emotionally. And now it is leading into a paid type of a writing-related business. Exactly. What kind of opportunities are you exploring for earning an income through doing this? Well, my first opportunity that I'm exploring is working with an ad management company called Mediavine. So you have to acquire a certain amount of page views. And so when you reach a certain level, then you can apply for space with Mediavine. And if they accept you, then the income starts, you know, typically like at a thousand or so, maybe more a month, depending on how active your blog is and how many people come and visit it. And then from there, it's working with brands like food brands and stuff like taking their photograph or taking their product and placing it in your work and then sharing it on social media. These can be very lucrative um, sources of income if it's done right. And if you are, first of all, very patient, as I know many bloggers understand who want to make that their their source of income. That is a really good point, Gregory, because as a longtime blogger myself, I've been blogging steadily since 2003, I think. Opportunities for earning money don't tend to just fall into your lap. Mm. Sometimes they do for some people. You're really being alert to what's going on in the industry around you. It sounds like you are doing your research and you're looking into some unique and different and creative angles for monetizing what you're doing. And then you're making those connections with the influencers or with the right people who can help you to take the next step to start generating income through this. Well, congratulations for doing that. 
Thank you. I mean, I'm 52. Usually influencers are, you know, they're, they're very young, but I'm like, I'm going to be the first or maybe one of the select middle-aged influencers out there. Yeah, That's my goal. I like, I like that. <laughs> Frankly, as a post middle-aged person myself, <laughs> it's a little wearying to see 22 year olds out there <laughs> being influencers all the time. I love having role models who are in their 50s or 60s or 70s or even their 80s. I don't think that age matters all that much. At least mm-hmm. the older I get, the less it matters to me because I think, you know, it's really more about your enthusiasm, your willingness to learn, your open-mindedness to explore new things. And I've met 30-year-olds who are very just closed down. They don't have an open mind at all about exploring new things. And I've met 80-year-olds who are just out there going for it all the time. (laughs) So I'm really happy to hear that you're doing that. And you can be a really great example for other 50, the 50 and older crowd. Yes. What are you enjoying most? What are you learning about yourself as you explore this dessert blogging and dessert photography? I'm learning how to push past my boundaries, thinking what I thought I could do and couldn't do, but actually believe like, wow, I can really do that. So I think it's stretched me emotionally. This has challenged me in so many ways. Like when I first took that first photograph of the rice cakes, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. So I like, I made it a goal to take a professional camera and learn how to professionally take photographs of food because it's Mm -hmm. definitely a different, it's a whole different thing with food and desserts when it comes to blogging and photography. I don't know. I've matured a lot during this process. Did you take any photography classes to learn how to style food? Mm-mm, just uh, watch YouTube videos or yes, yes, <laughs> from the influencers. <laughs> yes, yes. My son, who is a millennial, tells one of my sons, he says, I can learn anything on YouTube. And he's, he's like, if I need to fix something in my house, like if my heater breaks down, I just watch YouTube videos and figure out how to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a great right. resource. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, because you asked me, like, what. What about this process has have has influenced have or has influenced me the most or, or something like that? And I think just to kind of backtrack a little bit, not to eat the desserts while I'm photographing them <laughs> and making them. That's I mean that that's that's some I think it's kind of funny and stuff, but it's serious because you can definitely go to town. So I belong to this Facebook group called Buy Nothing. And it's a community (laughs) thing. So as soon as I make something, I post it on there. People are coming left and right to pick it up. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I don't have to have it. Yeah. I wish that we didn't live an entire continent away or I would be there. (laughs) No, I'll totally give you some. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That is so much fun. And so, yeah, I'm just still laughing where you said that as you're photographing it, you're wanting to eat it or maybe sampling it. A little bit. I would totally be doing that if I was photographing chocolate chip cookies. They'd all be gone by the time, even before I finished the photo. Yes, <laughs> it's very, it's very challenging. I like it when the dessert is gooey, soft, and like mm. caramelly and just melty. Some people like put their candy in the freezer and or their baked goods in the freezer and eat it that way. But I'm like, no, I need it like messy. <laughs> <laughs> When you're doing food styling to take food photographs for, say, a magazine photo shoot, they use glue and 
they do weird things to the food to make it look really good. Do you beef your food up, so to speak, or your desserts, or do you just show them in their natural state when you're photographing? That's an ancient. That's an ancient <laughs> secret. I can't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. When, when when we do that, we do use. We have tricks and okay, <laughs> smoke and mirrors kind of thing. I mean, the food is actually the food, but we do use things like that. So maybe I won't be overeating it after you're you're done. If you're using glue inside your food to make it look good, I might not be picking it up after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Usually those parts I toss away. But you don't tell yeah. the people on buy nothing that it's all stuck together with glue or or no montage or whatever. <laughs> I try to have them figure it out. No, I would never. Do that. <laughs> but like they use sometimes they use like there's makeup sponges that are wedges. You can uh -huh. use those to kind of elevate like a cookie, to ah, face it up a little bit more, yeah. or like little things like that. Like I haven't used glue yet, but I try okay. to use I try to use frosting or icing if I need to make something stick. Maybe some wood glue once in a while. <laughs> Super <It> glue. <laughs> yeah, it looks like icing. <laughs> oh my goodness! So my listeners are. Writers, many of whom are maybe currently writing as a hobby, thinking of expanding it into a career or thinking of maybe starting a side gig, doing something that can earn them a little bit of income as a writer. Do you have any words of encouragement or advice that you could give to somebody who's considering trying a new writing related venture? two points. I think the first point is having something that you know exactly what you are like, if you have something you're passionate about, and you know, and it may take a process to get there. But I think you will reach more success if you know exactly what your why is or why you're mm -hmm. doing it. And the second thing is just hang in there because it may seem like it's never going to pan out. But with due diligence and perseverance, it will pay off if you just got to hang in there. Got to just hang in there. <laughs> and Gregory, I know now that my listeners are going to want to connect with you online and explore some of these wonderful recipes that you have on your blog. Remind us again where we can go to learn more about you and connect with you. Oh, yes. Um, you can go to my website at cravingtheyum.com. And you can find all of my work on Instagram with the same name, Craving the Yum. Oh, this was so much fun talking with you today, Gregory. A pure delight. I just so much enjoyed joking around with you and learning more about what you do. It's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You'll find more resources in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast. Also, in the show notes, there's a link you can click to subscribe to the podcast, and I will email you a notification to every episode. When you subscribe, I'll also email you a bonus gift, my quick start guide called Essential Resources for Running a Writing Business. You can also listen to the show via your favorite podcasting app. Just open your app and key in The Professional Writer. When the show pops up in your app, save it to your favorites so you don't miss an episode. Or you can simply tell your smart speaker, play the Professional Writer Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with a friend. Talk with you again next time. <laughs>